Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Guys, things are crazy. It's a busy week and there's lots of things going on in this jumbled old thing that I call life. So this week's episode is going to be a little intro for you because you do know that every week I do try to give you a little something fresh, even if it's short. However, this will be, I know, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the screams, I'm waiting for the teardrops to fall, a rerun episode. I was thinking the last few days and the last week or so, how long it's been since I visited our very first interview, really the first real episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants, uh, back when my audio quality was less than perfect and my interview skills were, as the professionals say in the industry, sloppy. No, but it was really like the starting point for this whole thing. And it really got me excited to, you know, we're finished with this 12 songs for 12 friends breakdown series that took a long time to get through. And, you know, like revisiting this first episode reminded me of the, the, the foundations and like the original goal behind having this podcast, which was to talk to people in a similar situation to myself, creative, um, you know, freelancing sort of types, the musicians, filmmakers and the like, uh, who have moved abroad, who are, you know, expatriates living in a different country from the one they were born in and how they're navigating life in that position because it's a challenge and it is interesting and it sometimes is amazing and fun and sometimes it's really scary and troubling and and complicated, you know, so... This episode, I went back and looked at it. I, I cut out a little bit of the beginning because um, there was a lot of adjusting the microphones and a little chit-chat about cats, which isn't so exciting, and moved it into basically the, the next conversation starter uh, after this um, shuffling cat part. And it's still a longer episode than I remembered it being, so at least we have a nice, chunky episode this week. Uh, If you know this episode well, then obviously I understand if you want to skip this one or if you just want to have it in the background. Uh, But if you've never spent the time to really listen to this one, or if you've heard it just once a long time ago, it is worth it to go back and listen to Matt. He's got a very soothing voice, he's got a great accent, and he's very charming, I have to say. Uh, I'm going to try and get Matt on this show again very soon. He's been his whole life is so different now he's been uh traveling the uh, you know several countries with his girlfriend amy and they play so many concerts together and it's really unbelievable what he's accomplished since this first interview came out um what is it almost three years ago so really really impressive um without further ado i will just let this fade right into that interview so thank you so much for listening and if you enjoy today's show or you enjoy this podcast in general please make sure to go in the show notes we have our social medias you can follow us there but most importantly just tell a friend about the podcast go to apple or or spotify wherever you listen and give it a review or a follow or a like or a share anything like that really helps this podcast grow It, it really 
you know, it, it, it sparks something in the algorithm that helps, you know, bring it closer to new listeners. And we really want to grow this artsy fartsy family so that we can keep doing the show. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoy. This is the first real episode of the podcast. The first interview with musician from Manchester, Matt Austin. You told me that you listen to podcasts. So what are your, yeah, some yeah. of your favorite podcasts? Um, Joe Rogan. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, that's a big one. That's a nice one. Yeah, comedy, just comedy podcasts. I used to listen to some history ones, but no, mainly just comedy. But Joe Rogan's a bit more than comedy because he has such a wide variety of guests, you know. He interviews every everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like philosophers and... Anything that he he's interested in. Yeah, that's a good point, <laughs> yeah. Do you think Joe Rogan's kind of one-sided on things? Yeah. Yeah? And his music taste, man. So, like... Ugh. He he loves uh, American like rock and roll or whatever, but yeah, you you have to tell me when we're starting, yeah. Oh, we already started. Oh shit, <laughs> we're talking about Joe Rogan. I also like um, I don't know. Were you ever really into uh, Mark Maron's podcast? Uh, it's it's behind a paywall, isn't it? His is called uh, what the fuck? WTF. Yeah, WTF. Yeah, but it's behind a paywall, so you have to pay for it. I thought. No, it's on. Uh... No, it's on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Ah, then yeah, I know it's also on Spotify. It's on is Spotify. It? Yeah, uh, I've seen I um I've seen some with like good guests with super famous guests, but I thought you had to pay for it, so I never followed it. But yeah, he's the actual king. Yeah, Joe Rogan's like the he uh, he capitalized at a perfect time, right? Yeah. And then but he does something kind of special. Hmm. Mark Maron, I don't know. I really like his interview style because I mean he's famous for getting something kind of casual out mm. of the out of the guests he has on. I mean he has everybody on there from like Louis C. K to like indie artists or like Mac DeMarco comics, yeah. Obama. I, it's it's unbelievable the guests he has. Yeah, that's where he his musician guests are way better than Joe Rogan's one. Yeah, yeah. He really he's got it's so funny when he talks about music. Joe Rogan. He's such an expert on so many things, but then music, man. He says the stupidest. That's what makes me want to do a podcast or some mu- I want to listen to a musician doing a podcast. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But then again, I think I don't know, musicians should also focus on being musicians. That's my my actual problem with being a musician at the moment is that you've got to you've got to be an expert in a hundred different things. Do you yeah. think? Do you think like musicians stretch themselves too thin? In a way, yeah. Or like the ones with personalities that suit extroverted, promoting, photogenic everything will uh, they see, they'll succeed if that if that if they're good at I don't know talking to a microphone then they'll succeed. But some weirdo like uh, what's he called Daniel Johnston or something. Yeah. Maybe he, no one will ever see him because he takes really bad Instagram photos or something, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's actually a real shame that there's so many artists who could really capitalize on their talent. But I think, I don't know, the industry seems really twisted in that way. Like if you have good talent, you're forced to spread yourself in all these different departments. And there's no independent artist who has the money to afford a PR agent or a manager or someone up front, mm. you know, and you, 
you're lucky if you get a label with your first release or something or your first two releases even, especially today, for people to put uh, an investment into the kind of exposure that you would need to make a living. You know, because from streams, you're not going to get that much money, if any, and you might get it from touring. But to get people's attention to want to come to the shows, and especially at a different city, you have to have the money to push yourself in that city. And that's it's like a vicious cycle because in order to get the money, you have to get the fans. But to get the fans, you have to spend all this money. Yeah. It sucks. Hmm. I, I just realized that very recently. Like I always thought if you make undeniable great music, it will work. You'll, the, you, like if you're Jimi Hendrix of today, it's going to work. But then again, no independent person has hundred, hundreds of millions. Like I don't think you can reach that level of success without um, poster campaigns and funding and yeah. investments in promo in different countries. And I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's one example that will prove me wrong. I mean, well, that's, that's actually the point. It's like all these exceptions, because I think what you're saying is, is, is right, but of a different era. I think in the, before the internet, you had these incredible talents because they had to work through so many filters to get to the top. I think there's a lot of lost great talents, of course. And mm-hmm. like now that we, now that we have the internet, we can go back and look at that era and find these little tiny bands that didn't quite make it like big star, for example, big star would never, well, oh, you don't know big star. No. Okay. So big star wouldn't be as huge as they are now. If we hadn't had the internet because they were this band from Adam, when? Um, from the 70s. Uh, they had this like unbelievable roster of great music. And they had th- three and a half albums or something like this. And uh, they didn't make it. And they kind of jinxed themselves. And then now, um, do you know the show, uh, that 70s show? Yeah. You know the theme song? Oh, uh, okay. That's Big Star. But right. I think it's The Clash covering it. Or it's uh, a okay. big band covering the hanging out. Right, yeah. That's Big Star. Oh, cool. And Elliot Smith um, has a famous cover, I think, of a Big Star song. Um, Won't you let me walk you home from school? Won't you let me meet you at the pool? It sounds like Jordan Prince. Oh, I, I covered that for a <laughs> while. but um, Yeah. But, uh, nice. No, Big Star has these has these great songs, but that's what I mean. Like I think in the in like the seventies and eighties and before that, you got really lucky. You still get really lucky now, but I think you only saw the best of the best because they had to pass so many filters to get any sort of attention. And now, because of the internet, you have fucking anybody, anybody that does anything who has a computer at home hmm. releasing anything. I mean. Right? Yeah, but... Because, I mean, there's so much to work through. There's so much to filter through. I mean, everyone who does anything... Like, if some guy fucking uses uh, Apple Loops or something and makes it has a drum beat and plays mm-hmm. terrible something on top of that and then records it, he can pay out of pocket to distribute it through, like, CD Baby, put it on Spotify, or just put it on SoundCloud, and then he can submit through these, um, like, pay-per-submission blog sites to get bloggers to pay attention to it. Crazy. And then if one blogger just happens to like it because their taste is shit, 
then they can put something about this bad artist out, but that just blurs the blurs the filters even more. Yeah, because you can't actually call it a bad artist then if someone likes it. Exactly. Then it's exactly. just a niche artist, you know? Yeah, because I think, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly then, what I mean. What I'm saying though is, uh, if you, yeah, anyone can, I, I guess if you release something, you will find some people that will like it for some reason. Yeah. Unless it's Muzak, you know. Whichever, which everybody loves, I think. <laughs> I don't know, but I, what I'm saying is to get to the high level of mainstream, there's some kind of paywall or whatever, like um, filter, I don't know, money boundary, I don't know what you call it, that you just won't, you won't, you won't reach the people Ed Sheeran's reached just because your song's as good as his song. Without that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Without uh, money. Yeah, a shit ton of money. I mean, imagine the amount the amount of money that goes into like the the tour promotion, the billboards, the online promotion alone, like getting these huge Spotify billboards, um, mm. Facebook videos, YouTube, Google ads, like promoting. And th- this is what you said, like spreading yourself too thin. Like now a musician like Jim Morrison or something, he's just supposed to uh, like expand his mind and then, I don't know, express his feelings in this 60s shamanistic performance that I want to see. This is amazing. Yeah. I don't I don't expect him to know how to make a, a Facebook banner photograph. Do you know what I mean? Or how to optimize hashtags on his Instagram. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's a dangerous combination. That's a really, that's kind of gross. He should be bad at it, actually. Yeah, he should be really bad at it. <laughs> There's this musician from, from New Orleans that um, writes these fucking incredible songs and he has such a good voice. Uh, and he's kind of famous for being terrible with promoting his, his own art or his own self, you know? <laughs> That's great. And which is kind of a weird thing in itself, right? It's almost like a, it's a shitty place to be in for him because it's not his fault. He just shouldn't have to deal with that. Mm. You know, not every, I mean, he should be focusing on his music. His writing and his singing are great. I mean, it's just astounding what he does, but he cannot, he cannot promote it digitally, which I think is the only way an artist, not the only way, of course, there's always Mm. chance and luck and skill, but social media is such a big thing. I had a friend's band from my hometown and they moved to Nashville and they play kind of Southern progressive emotional rock. It's kind of hard to, to name it. It's like kind of dancey, but it's Southern ish, whatever. Um, but they told me one time that a label approached them after a concert and said, look, we've been checking you guys out. We love your style. We love the way you sound, but you don't have a big enough social media footprint. So we're going to have to, so we're, you know, we're, you're on our radar, but we can't, give you anything right now. And when I, when they told me that, I was like, is that really, is that really where we are now? They, labels won't take mm-hmm. any sort of chance on someone that they, they approached them and said, we've been following you. We like you. Prefer them not to even say anything. Why tell them anything? <laughs> exactly. Why, why, 
Yeah. Why say anything? I don't know. I know. I was. I had a dinner recently in Berlin with some music industry types. <laughs> I love that your hands were up like Berlin. Is this like, not? Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, and the conversation went to Spotify, and there were four musicians on the table, one manager and one producer, and the manager and the producer. Uh, basically their point was like what are you complaining out, uh, about like this is the best time for music ever like um, what? I, I, I find so much new music on Spotify I love Spotify like now the the boundary to release is gone everyone can release it's the best time ever for music and I don't know it's I, I don't want to be too negative that's what I'm saying like I, we weren't there in the 70s and we don't know what that was like to try and be in a a band with is it 70s like before a and r people i think i thought 70s was like a huge a and r period oh is that when the a and r at some point the a and r people came in and that was the new challenge to sort of impress an a and r guy but before that then what was it it was like i don't know labels throwing money at everyone and seeing what sticks yeah kind of I don't know. I'm just saying I don't I don't you, want to be you, too negative about the situation. I don't want to complain. And if I have to make some, I don't know, Instagram posts to promote my music, then we're going to do it. We do it, you know. Musicians are paying people to help them make great music. I don't know. I think I think something that really sticks in my mind about this is let's say you have uh 20 artists and depending on our taste, we'd say that 11 to 12 of them are really good. And then you have about eight or nine that you'd skip, you know, for whatever reason. They could be great musicians, but it's just the style or something. It's just not your thing. I think one thing that's really kind of hard to swallow is the idea that you can have these 20 musicians, uh, about half of which are, are, are really great and about half of which are, are, are either amateur or bad or just something. All of them could put the same amount of money into every single outlet that you're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like you could have these t- exact same 20 people, good or bad, putting you know X amount of money into uh, Google AdWords, YouTube ads, Spotify playlist curator submission forms, um, uh, Instagram post promotions for when you're playing in a different city, Facebook video promotions, uh, Facebook event promotions. Facebook is a fucking thief. They have every option available for the desperate musician. Um, And they could all put the same amount of effort into it. I feel like that is a really dangerous place to be for a musician who, one, works hella hard on their art, Two, gives a shit about, um, like really, really gives a shit about who's hearing it, where they can try their best, you know, for guys who are working without a label, without a manager, they might have a booking agent, but they still have day jobs and they're putting their, their own money into promoting themselves. I think it's a really dangerous place in terms of social media because these guys can just capitalize on that and say it doesn't matter if this band has 45,000 likes on Facebook 
or inst- or Instagram followers, and this other band has three hundred and ten because they're paying the same amount of money. You know what I mean? Like they there's no filter for them to. First off, they can't decipher if it's good or bad because that is subjective. But they also aren't deciphering fan base, or they're not deciphering um, what kind of search engine attention is being brought to which artists. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you or mean, are they? I, hold on. So the, the 310 followers, they're also using these paid services. Yeah. Oh, but they in, in the in this uh, allegory. Yeah, but they and they. For some reason, they have fought a lot more and they have a lot less. I mean, the followers aren't necessarily part of it. What I mean is like, I think it's, I, I'm just saying, I think it's a dangerous world for independent, independent musicians to live in because um, social media companies are capitalizing on these artists' desire for promotion. Yeah, all right, yeah. Sans label, because mm. they can give them 25 bucks here and 50 bucks here mm. for promotion social media promotion. I think they're kind of robbing them, you know, and that people like us, that's kind of, that's kind of what we have until someone steps in and says, Hey man, don't worry about it. Focus on your art and we'll take care of it, which is kind of what they did in the past, Hmm. more or less. You know, of course there's all these, there's issues with everyone, but the issues were different. I heard like, uh, Bruce Springsteen, I think it's his first album was a flop or something, or maybe more than one. But he had time to develop in his in his uh, contract. Like, yeah, yeah we keep trying, go back and keep trying, and then whatever one kicked off. But then in two thousand eight, when I was coming up in Manchester, like in in this scene, mm-hmm. the goal was to get a record deal. Like that, there was no other. Th- um, I'm not, there was no, I'm going to do this myself or any like that. It was like, right, what do you do? You do gigs and then, uh, A&R comes to your gig and then you impress them and then they sign you and you get an advance and then you get a, a record deal. There was like 2006 or 2007. And it was, uh, the, the music was the kooks were massive at this time. Arctic Monkeys had just kicked off. I think was the first record or. I'm not sure. I, I, I might Kooks get the, were huge, aren't they? Yeah, I might get the years a bit wrong, but yeah. But the the only problem then was it already changed. Like there was no development deal for like some of my friends that were they got this huge um, contract and they got hundreds of thousands to go record their first record, and um, then bam, they released it on the on the radio and it didn't work because the somehow the it was just when the music like the radios in England stopped playing these guitar-based music. Like it was at the end of the Kooks's reign and Arctic Monkeys. And um, it was, they said, oh, at the moment, more electronic music works better. So they missed this wave. Because I think it, around this time, any indie rock guitar-based band got a record deal. Like it was, that's what they were looking for. Yeah, it was and like then, the, the hype or whatever. Yeah, and then it didn't, so their album didn't sell well and it didn't chart because it didn't have radio play. But they were a great band, really good band, called Twisted Wheel. And um, yeah, they got dropped straight away, like after one, one try. No, there's no development time or anything like that. Right. Yeah, but now it's, now, it's, now it's totally different. Now I don't even, I don't have this, uh, um, 
hope or whatever that someone's going to come to my concert and go, you know what, we've been watching you and you're great. We're, <laughs> we're going to do everything from here out. Like, but you don't have a big enough social media footprint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that that's means, like the nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't, I'm not waiting for this. That's not the goal, you know. Mm-hmm. The goal is just releasing good music and whoever whoever likes it likes it and you you yeah. play you play live and you try and stay alive and you, make you, enough you play money your best and you hope that people come yeah yeah right. and it is independent and like uh, you do it yourself i'm not i'm not waiting for anyone to come save me you know i love that i love that i mean well, it's 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 true to it's true to form you know you just signed some contract or a booking contract uh, actually, well, we didn't sign anything. Oh, well, sorry. just a, just a verbal agreement. But um, yeah, that was cool because it because I, I let uh, this other guy go in February, and then uh, I mean we can I mean we can just, we can talk we can talk about <laughs> we can talk uh, we can talk about it, uh, but I might cut it. But okay, you have a new booker now. Yeah, um, it's this guy Dominic from do you, do you know this these guys Grand Hotel Von Cleef? Uh, only, yeah, I've heard of it, but no, not really. Okay. Um, I feel the the urge to ask you some questions about it being an expat because that is definitely part of this. Yeah, we're just rambling about Spotify at the moment. No, it's wonderful. I can. That's great. Um, but I, I did want to ask um, if you could list like your three um, biggest like your three most negative responses to having lived in a foreign country it doesn't necessarily have to be because it's Germany, but like the most stressful, like, have I made the right decision encounters? And then three extremely positive things. I just thought of this. We can also rephrase no, no, it. <laughs> I, I try. The first one that comes to mind is negative or positive. It's both. Okay. It was, um, Hey, you're from Manchester. Cool. The great bands are from Manchester. That's a musical city. Um, do you want to play at our festival? Yeah, of course. And they give me a great show and like introduce me from Manchester, England, Matthew Austin. And it was great. And I capitalized on yeah. being from Manchester and they, they respected it. And then um, I was here a few more years. I stayed here. And then it was like uh, the same thing thing sort of worked against me it's like oh you live here yeah I, yes <laughs> yeah and i was like yeah. yeah yeah i live here now i, I moved together with my girlfriend or whatever mm-hmm. and um they're like oh but you're from manchester isn't that like a great place for musicians i was like yeah yeah it's okay it's pros and cons you know but i live here now it's great <laughs> and and that somehow is a negative thing now it's like oh yeah oh so you're not on tour you're not visiting us it, so yeah. It, yeah you're not some gift anymore but you're uh just one of us you're yeah it's, i don't know i, I had i had <laughs> the exact same thing from new orleans actually 100 yeah. percent, exactly the same story and yeah. then you always do you always get the follow-up question of uh but you already speak you speak german though right because you live here now mm. yeah and i get this reaction <laughs> the same i had yeah exactly oh man that's a hard one. It, you, it's, it, you're a novelty at first. It, yeah. Novelty in the best way possible. Yeah. Like, it, at first, you're like, oh my God, I just got this great opportunity mm. because of where I'm fucking from. Mm. That's insane. You know, it's like uh, the most positive immigration story ever. 
And yeah. then you, and then you, uh, they get bored mm. of that novelty. Yeah, that's the main one. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad that uh, I, someone else feels that. I'm trying to think of an anecdote. Ah, whatever, you get it. Uh, uh, well, let me ask this: like, when you um, when you started dealing with the language, um, with German language, like, <sighs> well, let's definitely get it out of the way that it's not beautiful. You know, it doesn't just roll off the tongue um, romantically <laughs> or something. But I mean. What would you say are your fucking your biggest weaknesses with that? Because I have so many with language, with German, or language. Uh, yeah, general, I mean, but. yeah. This is it's good that this is your first podcast because this will be said again. I think, which is um, even when I try my best in German, the the response is in English. One hundred percent every time. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not complaining. It's nice. And I, I've lived there for over five years now. And um, I know a lot of words and I know a lot of, um, I understand a lot, but there's a, there's a barrier in German that is a whole new thing for my brain in the sentence structure and cases and even gender of yeah. th different things. I, th that's, that's like the reality of learning a completely new language. Yeah, there's like this these um, plateaus you reach, right? There's like this. Yeah. I don't know if 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 there is anyone listening, but like when when you get to uh, Germany, there's like these these letters, right? You have like A one, A two, B one, B two, C one, C two, and like C two is completely fluent. You're doing business meetings. You're doing completely intercontinental conversations. Easy, relaxed business, whatever. But A one is like, hi, how are you? Where's the toilet? You know, and I think you have these certain plateaus where the first year, I don't know how it was for you. I would love for you to tell me, but the first, for me, the first, um, like year or two, I would say even the first year because I had zero friends and I had zero things to do and I had zero fun. <laughs> the first year, the first year I really, I came here completely blind and ignorant and like wandering. And I focused all of these energy that I had on other things. Music, huh? Well, music, yeah, but I had all this other extra time that just went into the language classes. Ah, okay. Um, and I would say that um, the first year or two, there's this plateau of like just crossing right over A1, the basics, basics. And then you get into like medium hard basics, like A2, you know, but then there's like A2.1, the first level, and then there's A2.2 which is like the second level before you cross over into B. Okay, yeah. And I would say this A2.1 was my first plateau where it was like, okay, I've got my hellos, I've got my goodbyes, I've got my I'd like to order, I've got mm -hmm. my where's the toilet, and I've got my, you know, I did this very simple, you know, past tense mm -hmm. thing, like a very basic idea mm -hmm. of what to say. And if someone was talking to me and I was in the right mood for it, I could get it if it was slow, clean, high German. But then I would say that plateau is extremely difficult to climb over. Mm. It took me, now I'm, this is my fourth year now, and I'm just now, three years later, getting to the point where I'm crossing that same plateau. Because then you have this huge cliff to climb before you get to like, I can bump into someone at a bar and speak to them in German. 
and have no issues, not no, yeah, no yeah. insecurities. Like if something's wrong, it's okay. They might not notice it, but they're not going to respond to me in English. Yeah, I think that's a polite thing, isn't it? If they notice you're struggling or are you making too many mistakes, then straight to English, they switch. They switch. Where are you from? Yeah, yeah. You know? But I think, I think you'll always have an accent, so you... Accent's fine. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't mind having the accent, but... I, I'm not, I don't know about this plateau yet, but I... Um, or, or how did you feel about it? Because that's how I that's how I pictured well, it. I never done any uh, courses. You never, you never took the courses. I, I mean, well, I did one when I first got here. It was with the job I had, but it was really like kindergarten level, eyes wide dry. <laughs> okay. You know, it's funny. Um, my girlfriend's little sister. When I say dry, she laughs, and I was like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> She's like, and then she. Um, she t- she takes a piss out of me. She's like, "I'm dry. I'm drying the plates." And I'm like, "I don't. I, I still don't understand the joke." But apparently, <laughs> apparently, there's something wrong with the way I say uh, it. I'm laughing this hard because I had the same thing happen to me. Like, <laughs> come, come on, I have this. I have this friend from Australia, and she has trouble. Um, uh, like in German, you have like the word for "I" is "ich," like "I C H," and some people have the problem saying this yeah, sound yeah. like the like, uh, like when you like a spray paint can or something <laughs> and uh, and she says ick you know but a lot of people yeah say yeah that. It's, like, I, it's a northern thing as well i think i've, I've heard a few people in berlin you know, say like, that like the light is like licht and she'll say licked oh okay you know? i'm not sure about that yeah. Oh, I think ick just for I is just from the Berlin, I think. Yeah, right? some dialect. But yeah. she, for any CH, like her boyfriend's ah. name has a CH, but she'll say it like a CK. <laughs> and I love, I love that. Yeah. The uh, sad thing is she speaks much better German than me. Yeah, because you're focusing on the little things. Eh? Yeah, that's, that's actually <laughs> true. Yeah, maybe I'm just um, self sabotaging. Yeah, so I, I just did this kindergarten level German course, but. Now, uh, I, uh, this target for me is behinds because I think behinds yeah. is the first sort of uh, test with any weight to it. You know, it, like it means something if you have a, a behinds German. Huh? Was it B2? Yeah. Well, even having a behinds means you cross this, um, this basics plateau. Now you can have conversational. No, but not just for how you speak, but like legally or something. I think. I think for most for most international visas, a B one is a is what you kind of look for. Exactly. Yeah, and being British, maybe I need a visa soon. Oh yeah, right. Maybe. Oh, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I, are you are you really concerned about that? Um, the only thing I'm concerned about is I want to be free to live here and I, without any and travel in music. I want to travel all around. Uh, play in yeah and if there's any problem then i would just like to have the german citizenship as well and but and my main my main thing that holds me back for that is the language because you have to pass some nice tests so i mean for you uh, being from the uk and based in munich um i guess you've had to go to the to the kvr the cafe yeah yeah so I think what it took for you is different from from what it took for me to, to oh, live yeah. here. So so tell me about your process there because uh, for, I'm curious about that. Yeah, until today, it's the same as any European, uh, as far as I'm aware, which is you just moved there okay. and you, re- uh, you um, this Anmeldung 
thing. That's the first word you learn in German. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you register your address. Right. And then that's it. That's all you need. So, But did you have to set up like um, your, did you have to file like a health insurance plan or that just came with whatever job you could get? Because um, for me, I had, to, I had to sign up for this like temporary health insurance because it's illegal to not have it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, but it, it was very simple. And okay. Yeah, you just pick one, and then you write to them, "Hi, can I join your health insurance?" Done. How, like, how much was that for you per month at the time? I really don't know. I had this thing called Care Concept. I think it was like thirty-five euros a month. That sounds really cheap. I, it was t- well, yeah, it was just for a few months. I think it was. Uh, I think it was. I, I don't know that. I don't know much about the company, but it was extremely cheap. But it did, it didn't cover everything. It was like. I definitely could not have a serious accident in that time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're, we're very different on this topic because there's no, like health insurance is public in uh, uh, England or wh- whatever the word is. There's national health service. It's just, you just have health insurance. You don't, you don't, uh, I had to remember stories from American friends saying, don't call an ambulance because it's going to cost too much money. Yeah, like, thousands. Yeah. That's that's a crazy concept for like what you broke your arm in the skate park yeah call the ambulance or whatever you broke yeah. your leg i don't know but so health insurance wasn't even a, a thing in my head before i came to germany and i was like what yeah. you have to pay oh are you joking but it was um yeah i think my the people at my job helped me i was doing an internship in some design company and yeah they I, that was I, the first job you had here? yeah yeah that's why i came here actually you came here for a design job. Yeah, which is, I I, w- I went to Berlin first and I was playing music on the street and then ran out of money. And then I'd, I'd studied design. Like when I was in a band in, in, uh, in England, my friends were all studying, like in the band as well. So I, I studied as well. I studied advertising and design. And then, yeah, I ran out of money. So I thought I should do this design thing on the side and then try and make music work. But yeah, and I literally, I just Googled uh, health insurance, people that speak English in Germany or something. It was Technica Krankenkasse. And yeah, it all worked good. I, I can't remember exactly how much. It wasn't a lot because it's based on your income, isn't it? So uh, I think it depends how you're, how you're registered because uh, if you have a full-time job here, I even had a full-time job at, two different cafes and they covered my health insurance. But now I have a day job at a school that's full-time mm-hmm. and they, they also cover it. But uh, Ify, for example, she's... Um, Künstler. Yeah, she's freelance. I think that's... Um, <laughs> Selbstständig. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's... Uh, this was my, one of my first... <laughs> this was one of my first big... Uh, problems in germany yeah, i think that's like 400 euros a month yeah i my friend randomly i don't know where we were probably in a bar said hey but you're because then i after this internship then i became a freelance musician and i was like i'm gonna do music forget this other stuff i put my whole 100 percent into it and he was like yo you know you have to go to the finance amp like the finance center and you have to register as a freelancer and i was like really and they were like, yeah, man, like... You can't just do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you tell the state that you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. With that, everything, that's scary. With everything in Germany. But 
So I went there and they were a bit confused while I was there. And they don't, my experience, I don't know about you, is anything with amped in it doesn't speak English. They, no. and I think they, it might they be. they don't a, like to. I think it might be a law. Because no, it can't, it can't possibly I, be. I've, we've been in conversations with the people there and they've, like I forgot a word or something. I was like, you know the word, um, you, come on, you know it, you know it. And I know they know it. Like I know they're speaking English and they're like, no. <laughs> they're just, it's like, I was like, is this a law? Are you not allowed to speak English? <laughs> I, think they, I think they really don't like to. I think they really yeah. don't like to. I mean, they must deal with so many, especially now in Germany, they must deal with so many refugees. They must deal with yeah, so many yeah. people that they. Yeah, they, I think it's changed a bit now. Yeah, maybe so. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, and I, they were a bit confused, and I, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm self-standing or, or whatever." And I did it, and then I didn't check my post for a long time, and um, Uh-oh. my health insurance was changed from what was acceptable or what was manageable. I can't remember under a hundred a month to over four hundred a month, and I didn't even know because I didn't, just didn't check my post. And then my post changed color. It started arriving in yellow envelopes. Oh, oh, like, no. oh no, the paper was yellow. And my, then I was living, <laughs> I was living in a VG, Wohngemeinschaft, which is, uh, yeah, I live in a shared flat. And then my flatmate saw her and she was like, yo, like your letters from the government are yellow. <laughs> <laughs> like you're fucked, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, that's not cool. And then, yeah, yeah, it was bad. I had to really deal with it. And I had a huge debt to the health insurance company because as a Selbstständiger or whatever, I think it's some kind of old word, which means you work for yourself. So therefore you're rich. Like, so your health insurance is a lot. Right. Yeah. And um, then I had to prove to them my income and what, what it actually was. And I got it to, more to a manageable level. Well, see, that's a cool thing. I think that you can, you can do this freelance um, tax um, identity and you can also prove to them the income that you make and, and, and have a reasonable uh, health insurance um, for, for that. So, so, so you're registered as a freelance? Not anymore, no. Not anymore, okay. Now I've changed, and this is the best thing in Germany for me, which is the Künstler Sozialkasse. What's that? I can't believe you're asking me. You must know her. That's for... Anyway, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've heard of it, but I, but I'm, I'm, I think because of, because of my circumstances, I'm not registered yeah. that way. I, I mean, also, I don't know how it changes for American or whatever, but Kunst Sozialkasse, which is as long as you can prove that your um, income is mostly coming from art, then you can apply to be in this Kunstlerkasse, which means artist. Um, Register or something, right? Like uh, Artist, artist insurance, artist insurance. Art, yeah, and which brings your your health insurance down to a really manageable level, also based on your income. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's amazing. I, so going from England to not needing, or for it being taken care of in your wage packet without you thinking about it, then coming to Germany realizing, man, this is difficult and expensive to pay your way here because of extra costs like health insurance. That Then realizing, ah, they're supporting artists, this Kunstlerkasse. And um, it's, it's very difficult to get in and you've got to, 
I had a German friend help me with all the paperwork and you've got to apply back and forth quite a few times and they got to really check you out. But um, if I had to send them like the newspaper cuttings and proof that I had uh, concerts and I was, my money was coming from art rather than a day job. Yeah. Um, yes. And now I have a part-time day job, but more money comes from art than from the day job. So, so you're, currently you're making more from music than you do from the day job. Yeah. Oh, that's that, awesome. That's a, that's a stipulation of the castle. You can't, if you, yeah, if you make more money from the day job, then you, you know, you can't, uh, claim you're an artist or whatever. Oh, fuck. Okay. Which is, that's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 I I also think Germany's great for, um, for supporting artists or musicians. That's that's a big positive. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was your three, three questions at the start? Uh, three most negative, uh, interactions with this culture, this language or your life here. And then three very positive things. So I think we covered positive, positive would be like, um, how they support artists. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And your the thing, a negative thing you said was, uh, being considered like a novelty and then it fading very quickly. Yeah. yeah. They, they respected the, that you were from somewhere else. It wasn't, they weren't afraid of you. They, they, they liked it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, did you have any situations where, from people who live in Bavaria, like I don't know, do you do you do you see like the public transportation grumpiness? <laughs> or are you are you are you full steam ahead, like <clears throat> completely in, in, into it? Because I was I I'm not used to public tra- public transportation that works like this, so I use it all the time now, and I never had it until I moved here. And now that I'm deep into it, I see this grumpiness that, uh, for me, mm. it's like, a, for example, literally yesterday, um, I was on this tram from, I forgot the neighborhood, but near where I work, going home, and I was talking to a colleague, she's German, but we were speaking English, about other colleagues, like some guy had a birthday. And we were just talking like, can you believe that this guy is this age? Ha, ha, ha. He looks so different <laughs> than this. Just small talk. Like, just just fun chat. Mm-hmm. This uh, Bavarian guy sitting across from us on the tram got so personally offended by the fact that we were talking. And we weren't screaming. But he was so uh, offended by the okay. fact that we were talking. First off, talking in general. Maybe also talking in English. Who that- are you talking to? May I ask, like, where were they from? My colleague was German. German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's, uh, it's a bilingual school. Right. So her English is great, and we're just chatting, and he got so offended by us talking. And I really don't know if it was English or just volume or something or not, but he literally, in German, I mean, he just, he looks us both in the eye, stands up and says, oh my God, and gets up and goes to a different seat. Says it in, in, in English. No, 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 in German. In German. German. Oh, uh, my God. You know, and uh, then goes to a different... Uh, it'd be funnier if you said it in American accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just... <laughs> I would love that if he was, like, yeah. secretly American. He was like, fucking, I hate these guys. That's why I moved here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was... That was 
a crazy thing. Oh, yeah, right. But we've got to isolate the exceptions from the general, you know. It's, it's e- easy, too easy to generalize. Like, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. I, I, my, my positive back yeah my positive story is uh whatever i don't uh, whatever i'll tell it in a in a bit but the oh, I, I should just tell it my positive story is um i was talking to my friend pretty loud and in english and it was a funny story and the bavarian ladies started cracking up laughing that's great yeah so yeah uh, like so, so yeah, again, it's always it's situation yeah, yeah. to situation, of course, of course. Uh, and also, like in Ber- Berlin, on the public transport, it's a completely different thing. Like my experience there is, yeah, no one cares about English language there because it's everywhere. Yeah, but that this is a real like different culture with how they look at you and how they, um, they are. I don't know, they're extravagant or whatever they look you up and down and then they everyone stares at everybody in berlin yeah. it's they're like, like they're like we're fucking fly how fly are you yeah you it's, know? it's weird um yeah so it's not a german thing and then and bavaria is pretty conservative and yeah people also say like it's it's private like people keep themselves to themselves and they don't stare at you like in berlin and they um maybe they they don't want to I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a negative thing towards English speaking in public. You don't feel that in Munich at all? You, or, or, or you've never had that experience? I mean, I probably have had it. But I, I, I wonder since you're not, like, I wonder since you're from the EU for now, <laughs> if maybe that concept just naturally doesn't cross your mind. Which concept? The idea that speaking English should make you feel insecure. Ah, okay. No, I, I've had an experience. I, I dated a, uh, an American girl who was very loud. You're welcome. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's from Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, and she was loud. And we went on a walk. <laughs> I, can't, I, I cannot imagine you dating a loud girl. Yeah, well, <laughs> we went on a walk around Starnberg, you know, Starnberg. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I think it's, lit- it's like literally a, the richest area in Germany. Huh? There's like a, is that the one that has the lake? Yeah. Yeah. Starnberg is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it, uh, I think football players live there and it's a retirement place for Munich wealth. Anyway, there's a nice little coffee shop halfway around the, the lake. And they were, we went in there just to get warm because of a chilly day. And there was, um, one table left in the middle of a full restaurant full of uh, people enjoying cake. And we sat right in the middle and this Chicago accent telling me about teenage experiences with girls. Okay. Uh, th- that's when I really, that, then I felt like, gee, like. Okay, so you felt embarrassed just to have this volume of English. It was volume and it was it was we were so out of place like we weren't we weren't shouting in bavarian you know we weren't we weren't one of the crowd we were definitely like you stuck out yeah totally yeah, yeah. but i don't know so 
And she's like, oh my God, you can't fucking believe this experience I had. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, whatever exactly. Chicago sounds like. I'm sorry, guys. Um, yeah, so I've had the experience with her, but I don't think, I don't find any negative reaction to English so much. I, obviously, it's somewhere, have you ever seen this movie, uh, it's called Old Boy or something? Old Boy, the original or the one with Josh Brolin? He's saying old boy, not old boy. Oh, you're not saying old boy. No, no, it's a, it's a German film, old boy. I think it's called that. Or it's called, the English title is like a coffee in Berlin or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I get the title wrong. Anyway, it's, I think it's literally about a local Berlin guy ordering an, a coffee in his local shop and the the girl replying in English. And like, it's a black and white movie. It's pretty cool. You should definitely send that to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it, I think it's about, I, don't, I can't remember watching it all. It was in German. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like about um, this, this, how their neighborhood just changed and whatever gentrification or yeah. London middle class students moving to Berlin. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But. That's funny, actually. I, I, um, I just recently went to, to Brighton uh, last weekend. And I went to this place to get a, um, a, a, re- a highly recommended fish and chips place. And I don't know if you've, have you been to Brighton before? Um, no. I've okay. Been there. I was going to say, maybe I can get the name if you know it, but um, it, it was just this pretty, much, pretty small place, mostly a kitchen with one bench and you just order it to go. And there was this girl at the, the register and I walked up to ask about what some of these uh, fish, like the differences and stuff, you know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> And uh, she had this deadpan, extremely American accent. Ah, weird. And I mean, like this very, you know, calm face, like kind of expressionless. Like maybe I'm, this is just her boring job to get through studies. And uh, I, for a second, I thought maybe I'm kind of mishearing her. And so I asked her a question that I, like a rhetorical thing, I already knew the answer. Like, oh, what is uh, really spicy? Is that really spicy? Or, <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, it's like really spicy. <laughs> Shit. And I was like, oh, okay, you're American. And, and it just threw me off for a second because I don't know why in Germany I've gotten so used to hearing American uh, people in places where I don't expect it. So now it's kind of uh, numb to me. Now I'm kind of used to it. But I really, for some reason, didn't expect to see an American working at a fish and chips place in Brighton, of yeah. all places. Yeah, so it's not what you want as well. You it's want not a, what I wanted. You want authentic Brighton girl to, I don't know. Can you do a, a, a Brighton accent? No, I, no. It's, I, I guess it's just like a southern london style. Huh? Are you decent with accents? Not really, I, no. I've got the Manchester one down pretty good. You nailed it. Sounds great. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you really sound like off mic. <laughs> it's, my, it's like hi i'm mad austin <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah maybe the fish and chips like tastes worse because you i was, you a, bit, didn't, I was didn't a bit get... bummed to see uh <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> i wasn't that bummed but i was i was definitely surprised i was definitely surprised and you know she was just like yeah i'm here for a year just studying at the at the university and uh it's my day job and it's crazy but I don't know. Um, I, I, I think, I don't know. There's so many 
so many good things and difficult things. I wouldn't say bad things, but there's difficult things about living in a different country. And I don't think it's specific to Germany as much as it's just, just specific to a place that speaks a different language naturally. And I think for me, my biggest negative, and I don't know if you ever experienced this, for me the biggest negative is you walk into a room, maybe it's your first first year or second year, through a mutual friend, you are invited to a party, for example. And you have this person invite you over with the intention of meeting new people. And you walk into the room, and maybe you're introduced to a few different people who are excited that you're from a different country, and you they're very nice, they're very welcoming, they're very warm, they tell you whatever is there, you can have it, you can grab whatever drink, and here's where the bathroom is, and yeah, you can smoke over there, and everything's very sweet. But then that moment comes, maybe 20 minutes in, maybe an hour in, where people just forget that you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. But either, either the dialect or the language at that speed. Hmm. And you are just engulfed with isolation. And I don't, I don't pick you out as someone who probably seeks out attention. I think you're pretty relaxed in a room in the corner. Uh, maybe it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like you just have your I just thing. seek out the bar. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you have your thing and, and you're pretty cool with it no matter what happens. And there are some people, including myself in this category, who back home was very comfortable in the spotlight with their friend group and and um, felt like they could make anybody laugh, depending on the situation. And when you had a good group going, um, felt more more confident or just more welcomed by being able to kind of kind of control like the humor or something, or just, just to give entertain more, Yeah, you know, uh, maybe it's an American thing or maybe it's just me, <laughs> but, but going to a, a party like that. And this has just happened over the four past four years. It's just happened countless times where, you know, there's this part of you that says, of course I'm going to go. This is a great chance to meet somebody. And it's so nice to be invited. But then there's that moment where you're standing there literally surrounded by people that one, you can't understand two are so nice that you don't feel like cutting off their conversation That's with your one. language. Yeah. You don't want to like cut off their steam. What you are laughing about. Yeah. Explain it to me. Tell me what, what, what'd you say? What'd you say? What'd you say? You don't feel, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I get super insecure in those moments. Mm. And I think like there's so much, I don't know if you're, Inviting someone who doesn't speak your language to a party. I would say, like, remember that. Uh, come on, you can't blame them. Remember, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, you're right. Yeah. That sounds bad. Remember that, man. Like, you're no. right. That sounds bad. That no, sounds I'm really bad. I, no, I'm joking. That, no, but I shouldn't blame them. You know, it's my own, it's my own insecurity. I'm there, for, I'm there for whatever reason I'm there for. I'm there. Yeah. So I shouldn't. Uh, the thing is, I get inward. I go, I go inward. I go in yeah, my mind I, and... <clears throat> I get really, um, man. My first off, my brain's my brain. My my thoughts just wander aimlessly, All and right. when I finally come back to where I am, I just get super lonely. Yeah, man. But then you can write a nice song, and that's why you're a musician. <laughs> that's actually how the song "Parade" uh, oh, really? came yeah. to be. Yeah, Shit, that man. first year, I was like, I don't know anyone. Yeah, and I'm gonna drink 
a lot. Totally. I, yeah, I totally <laughs> know what you mean. Um, but I, I got a positive and a negative to add. Please. In that situation, in walks a guy from Missouri or something. <laughs> or, um, yeah, another expat. Same situation. And you become best friends for that evening, which is positive because it's like, yo, do you understand anything? No, me neither. Like, sure, let's happens. hang out. Yeah, that's yeah. happened, sure. And that's cool, but then it's also negative because it's like you don't, then you're hanging out with, one of my best friends in Munich is from Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> and I met him, I met him here uh, in Munich. It's crazy. Did you meet him in, in a situation like that? Uh, we were in a studio and he heard my accent and he was like, where are you from? I was like, where are you from? <laughs> I was just about to try and do an impression, but I was just butcher it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so it's positive and negative, but I totally feel you. And for the first, I'd say two years as well, I was drunk at parties. Like, because I, I moved into a, I had a chance to live in my own flat or in, into a shared flat. And I was like, definitely the shared flat. And it was, I sort of became part of this friend group. Um, yeah. And I got invited to many parties and they, they were from Munich and they're locals. And I was like their little novelty friend in the party. But yeah, if, if I felt insecure or whatever in a party situation, then they've got good alcohol selection at most of these parties. Yeah. I mean, Germany does have really good beer, <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah, and that's that was the yeah the social crutch just getting wasted, and yeah, it, but it was nice as well. It was, it was a good time to be, just party, you know. Yeah, I'm not yeah, there to true. have a debate about German politics. And I mean, honestly, maybe maybe people like me need those kinds of situations that they've never been put in before. Oh, to learn something it's new a about positive. It's yeah. a positive, you know? Growth. It's growth. It's growth. That's Americans a... don't fucking grow as much as they should in certain states. In certain locations, certain situations, they're not forced, <laughs> they're not forced into a situation where they don't know anyone, they feel super alone, and they don't know how to, uh, how to feel happy. Mm. You know, they don't know what to gain from it or how, unless, how can they Unless learn Jack, Jack's there, Jack Daniels. Unless Jack is there, <laughs> his buddy Jim, you know... Yeah, no, that, but that's Hendrix. <laughs> what was I saying then? Oh yeah, oh another. Yeah, I also used to like then go to the playlist and just put tunes on or something. Or if you have play- control of the music, <laughs> that's gonna save your life at a yeah, party yeah. like that. That's gonna fucking save your life. Yeah, I, I, another positive thing. I like. I'm from Manchester, and I was you. I was in the Manchester music scene like since I was. 14, 15, trying to sneak into bars, trying to meet, like trying to be Manchester guy, perfect guy, you know? But I also have blonde hair, which for me was an issue. It was like, hold on a minute. Everyone, everyone's supposed to look like the Beatles around here. Like, <laughs> I, I look more like Kurt Cobain. He's not from Manchester. I, yeah, whatever. I don't know what I look like. But, um, was it, was it blonde, like actually a thing in Manchester? No, I, what I'm trying to say is I was doing a bit of a different style of music as well. I was more into blues and like Delta-y stuff, which, and, um, yeah. Oasis, I love Oasis. I've been to see him at Manchester city stadium and it was a beautiful oh, wow. Mancunian moment. Um, but 
they were, they're not my number one band. You know, I like other bands that, like Joni Mitchell and so do other people in Manchester, I know, but growing up and finding out who you are yeah. was really, I didn't feel 100% like a Manchester guy. And then it's like, who do you support City United? Like, come on, man. I've just been listening to all the Jimi Hendrix records. I've not got time to watch like Premier League. And that, that doesn't, it didn't fit with my mates or whatever. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I was like, you know what, I'm going to Berlin where everything's different. And I just want to, <laughs> maybe there's some blonde haired people there. <laughs> this in, Ger- is, in Germany? This is, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Hey, this is not about that. <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't know. I was just searching for something different and I got a bit bored of like, I think one of my friends got his girlfriend pregnant and then he got a mortgage in the street next to his parents' house. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I see what can happen here. Yeah. And yeah, whatever. I was searching for new things. So I went to Berlin, like a bit of a cliche, but it was cool. And then now, if I was prime minister, I would really support all this Erasmus programs. You know that Erasmus, like... I don't know it so well. I think it's the European thing, maybe not American, but it's a student exchange thing. And it's like, so okay. they, the universities swap their students throughout from Spain to London, whatever. Yeah. And or I'd support um, every, every English person leave England once. <laughs> Six yeah. months minimum. I would say the same thing about Americans, honestly. It's yeah. too easy to live into a bubble, especially when the country's that big. So big, eh? Yeah. I mean, there's like, I mean, there's like a whole culture built around the New York bubble, the LA bubble alone. Then Mm. of course I consider it to be like a New Orleans bubble, Portland bubble, Seattle bubble, any major city that has any cultural relevance, there's a bubble surrounding it. And I think it's very easy for people to consider that that is the central hub of the universe Mm. and they don't learn anything. They don't grow. They, they bounce the same energy off the same types of people forever. Yeah. So that's positive. I think go and yeah go to a party where no one speaks your language and see how weird you are you know are you weird (laughs) that's a (laughs) beautiful way to put that uh, yeah that's actually that's a really big positive takeaway from that uh, mm. but i i guess there's a negative in there as well like it's meant you don't have to fish for them i think you're (laughs) you're a really good pro to my con yeah No, but but if anyone actually hears this, I'm I'm not so uh, I'm not as negative as it might come off. I'm, I think I'm no. I think I just want to know the true experience from someone who also moved here. But um, I think it's interesting to see the differences you have built in just as a as a European, as compared to someone from America. And I'm interested to find out also how someone else feels from. I don't know, from South America or something, or from, from Iran or, yeah, or yeah. you know. Or... Yeah, I, so I'm working in this bar. Um, that's my day job or night job, or whatever. And that I meet, because it's also central of the city, like Halbanhof. That's, that's uh, Kukuruku. Yeah, yeah. I meet so many, like, it's like a halfway house or whatever, you know, like so many immigrants, uh South Americans, Syrians, everything. It's crazy. And like when they, when they know that I can speak English to them, like I want to speak English more than German, then I, I, I get to know a few things and 
Yeah, it's interesting. Not really got a point. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you come across so many uh, different kinds of people. That's 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 a pretty cool place. I think that that bar too is kind of like the Berlin of Munich. Like just just <laughs> that bar. Yeah, yeah. They, tr- uh, I guess so. They're yeah. they're trying to be more relaxed. I think it's. I think that's a really easy bar to be yourself. Mm. And, and there's a couple. You know, there's there's. I would say there's definitely a handful. Yeah. And there's a couple of really good venues too, where you feel like, hey, this is kind of like a second home. I feel good here. Yeah. You know, took some time though. But it's not. Do you think that's a language thing? A melting pot thing. I think the language language defines the culture a lot, and I think especially when if you're born and raised here, it's not that German is defining where you are, but it's more of like Bavarian. So being based in Munich, I think Bavarian language drives the Bavarian culture, which shapes how people here tend to think, unless they're a bit cultured or a bit like easy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean though in the bar, like oh, in the bar, oh. because Wait. I'm I'm the barman there, or one of the bar- barmen, and I'm uh, I reply to you in English. Like if I don't understand what you're saying, yeah. I ask well, that's me. what I mean by I think it's the the Berlin of Munich kind of like right. The, I think, yeah, I, think, yeah. I, th- I mean that bar is extremely cool, and uh, of course, as we know, the the owners are, are really great, cool mm. guys. Um, so, yeah, it's an it's a special thing. circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's so many like these um what do you call them like knipe knipe yeah knipe. that's like these little tiny uh like old bars that are driven purely by these you know one sur- old sur- woman yeah surviving by these like three or four 70 year old people that go there and chain smoke and have the same beer every day and yeah. um i think these kinds of knipe these kinds of bars exist in every city in the whole world yeah but then you, sometimes you have a city that has a special bar like the one you're working in, which I think gives an alternative for younger people to feel kind of like, ah, oh, okay, yeah. there's something for us too, you know. Mm. And I think Munich has a Munich has a few. That's for sure. Berlin has hundreds of them. But I think Munich's coming along. Yeah, I really like Munich. That's the the other question. Is like the first question is why did you come to Munich? And the second. But like the actual better question is like why you stay in Munich, you know? Like oh yeah, it's it's a great place. Like it's got it's conservative and it's very boring and it closes on Sundays. But yes, yeah. at the same time, it's relaxed as hell and yeah, there's no crime. Very yeah. <laughs> actually, no crime might be the biggest thing. I don't know how crime is in Manchester, but in New Orleans, crime is humongous. Uh, I think that's different. Yeah, I think that you're on being bees by crime. Oh man, I'm like there's right. documentaries and shit about <laughs> about the crime. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh, eh? <laughs> that's true. But it's uh, it's you know what's funny is like um, we. I got so so comfortable with the the safety here that when we went to to Brighton, we talked about leaving the gear just behind the stage at this at this part where that was kind of backstage, but you could still access it. And then for a moment, uh, I don't know if you know my drummer Mark, but we we had this moment where we were like, actually, this is not Munich. We should not do that. <laughs> People will steal your shit, man. Yeah. It's another thing in the bar, like people leave their phone and their, sometimes their wallet on the bar 
and go for a cigarette outside. Unbelievable. This is ridiculous. That's, I think that's... Or, or on that's the really, table. Yeah. Or on the table, same thing. That's really special to Munich, I think. Where, when I grew up, where I grew up, you put your... If a girl has a bag or whatever, you wrap it around the chair leg oh, shit. and sit on the chair. So if you put in the bag on the floor next to you, like you, come on, you can't just leave it. Yeah. Also, my, I always talk wow. about my bicycle has never been stolen in this city. They just jinxed it, man. I, I don't, it's, it's Actually, time. This, it's due. This it's, whole coup is uh, to keep you busy while we steal your bike outside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I lost my train of thought. Now, Rikukuruku is, yeah, that, that bar is a really special place too. Uh, in terms of meaning. Uh, yo, back on the train of thought, the, um, the support for artists here, like this is Artsy Fartsy podcast, huh? It's the Artsy Fartsy podcast, yeah. Artsy Fartsy immigrants. One, like, one of the things when I, when I came to these parties we're talking about and people like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, music, do music. And they're like, Really? when can we see you? Like, uh, they totally gave it hundred percent respect. Like, yeah, if you say you're a musician, then I want to hear your music. And then if you say, okay, I'll play you a song and play them a song, then there it is. Like you, you, I don't know. They respect it. It was like, but I don't know. I, from, from a previous experience in wherever you say you're a musician, people are like, yeah, yeah. So what on. else do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how do you make your money? <laughs> come on then. <laughs> so am I. Yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah in new orleans that's a real that's really uh everyone 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 everyone's a musician and a songwriter oh yeah and producer and like oh man i'm gonna fucking blow up you know yeah but it, maybe that creates really good music the competition is yeah the force is strong with those guys i just i i just meant there's a respect for what you do like if you i don't know yeah i think yeah there's the, yeah they, even if you're a barman yeah. like like oh you're a barman like you're not you, they respect that like then you must be able to make a good drink you must be qualified in it you must be able to Is you that, do it to a level like oh you're not a barman you know yeah that's 100 percent true i completely yeah. agree with that yeah. there's definitely respect to it and that's maybe that's why you get paid as well there is much that's the best pay i've ever had for concerts is in germany yeah. And the like the protection you have and like the security you have that um how you get from A to B and how you play that show and stuff is all taken care of. Mm. And that's really special. How was your um your ride or whatever, your uh your what's it called? The food at Brighton. Great escape. Oh man, we had great food. But like free, like paid and sorted out. Was there nice backstage? Nope, none of that. That's what I mean. Like in Germany, was, yeah, that sorted out. Like, yeah. what's it called? Not rider. Forgot the German word. Like the catering rider. Catering, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Everywhere true. you go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I love that. And I haven't played like. Um, of course, there's always small shows that are just like here's some drink tickets. But like any any show that's like your name, it's booked. People bought tickets. They take amazing care of you. I love yeah. it. It's like, here's your backstage spot. Here's your own, normally like, here's your own space. Mm. And here's your, um, whatever the band needs. Like if it's alcohol, if it's just water, tea, coffee. And then like, if it's warm meals or like warm meal tickets, if it's like a festival with food trucks or something, that's 
that's a really great way to treat the artists. Yeah. And that's, I never had that before that. No, me neither. I, I don't know if it's because I got better or it's because I moved to Germany. It's very easy to, it's very easy to feel spoiled, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a diva thing. It's just practical. No, no. If, if you eat good and you know where to chill out before the show and everything, there's a merch table, everything, like then everything's going to go well. Like, yeah. Or you're going to do the best you can. Yeah. And I swear, like, Manchester, like, I remember arguing at Soundcheck because the microphone they provided smelled like really strong cheese. And the other one didn't smell so bad. And it's like, who's going to, ah, you're having this mic, I'm having this mic. But here they they take sound man seriously, the back line seriously. Yeah. And catering and all that stuff. Uh, you got to respect that. The negative to that, though, is it turns you into a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, you get really spoiled by it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess really if you're spoiled. if you're selling out venues in England, then you're going to get a good treatment as well because you're making somebody money. I think if you're selling out concerts anyway, anywhere, yeah, you're going to okay. get treated really good. But I think Germany is really good for like you take yourself seriously. You have a you have a good ticket sale at this you know from small, medium, large size venue. Here's everything you need. You know, or, or you're yeah. playing you're, you're playing at a festival where you're going to be like a new artist you're exposing your music to people for the first time, they still take really good care of you. Yeah, they, yeah, it's like they give you a chance. They give you a chance to feel comfortable and do your best. Yeah. And, and that's if, something you can't take for granted. And if, the, if you suck, they'll just shake your hand and don't, won't book you again. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they'll, just, they'll, they'll just say, thank you so much, that was amazing. But yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's, yeah, I think there's something I'm really curious to find out if... if we do get to do all of the guests that uh, I have planned. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm really curious to see like the different perspectives on how different kinds of artists are treated, and especially in Germany. Like, there's also um, a dancer from the Gärtnerplatz. Uh, maybe you know him. Javier. Javier. I want to uh, get yeah. him in here. Cool. Yeah. And uh, there's um, also a, like some English um, actors. I want to get this uh, screenwriter, and I want to see like. Is the general treatment of artistry better in Germany? And I have a feeling that it probably is. I think there's just so many kinds of protection and like insurances that you can mm. you can apply for. Like for example, this Brighton thing, like you just suggested, like all the catering and stuff for the artists in the UK was was pretty bad. Yeah, or I would say it was like it's a different concept. You know, I don't uh, want to talk bad on it because I had a great time, but it just wasn't. It didn't compare to the care that Germany takes. But Germany paid for my ability to go there. Crazy, yeah. You know, like Bavaria protected, like because I was part of this artist support program, mm. Bavaria paid for me to go there and f covers the flight, covers the Airbnb, covers the food that we pay for because they don't offer it. You mm. know what I mean? So like any disappointment I might have had with like not having a backstage was totally obliterated because I was like, well, no big deal. Let's go get a beer over here, get a food over here, and then come back and play just as comfortably as if we would have had a backstage to ourselves. Yeah. Which you really can't take for granted. That's really special. Yeah. I, I don't want to go too negative now, but I thought of a negative. I feel like I've been only negative, so you have a right. Yeah, good. Yeah. So when... Uh, when I ignored my paperwork situation here and I started getting yellow letters through the post, um, 
that's when I really felt like an outsider or someone like someone that wasn't trained in how to get by in this system. Like even like filing my taxes in England is challenging. Yeah. But then filing them in German, in uh, like all the papers that come are in German. Yeah. Yeah. This bigger threat. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah, there seems to be a game with everything as well. Cause it, and if you follow the rules and like we said before, you apply to be self-standing and then you're this freelancer, then you pay full freelancer amount unless you know that you have to then challenge that amount. And then um, there's a lot more paperwork that you have to do. Otherwise you just pay the general high amount. And then it's the same for everything. Like, um, I just want to take a um, small pause. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying you don't want to go too negative, but it was like this. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. You were receiving the yellow papers, and you, like filing taxes in the UK was already difficult, but then now doing it in German is ah uh, yeah big threat. yeah I guess yeah basically the story like ugh, I don't know how to start. Sorry. That's my fault. No, it's okay. Um, you were saying like you, you have a negative, but it was, it was yeah, like yeah. about so, the taxes. Yeah, paying, ta- basically paying, uh, sorry, babe. <laughs> no worries. Imagine, yeah. Yeah, so I was getting these yellow letters, which are dangerous letters from the government that you should not ignore. And I didn't know that. That's like, that's a cultural thing. Like, yeah. you know that, someone gets a yellow letter, there's a problem. So I, I just know if I receive like a red letter, oh. you know, or something from, from anywhere, it just seems like either I'm, either I'm fucked or, or <laughs> someone's going to kill me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and do, and doing your taxes or being, um, starting your own business in England is hard enough. So then with all these little cultural things that, that that's one of the biggest challenges, um, in a different country as well. It's some, I find it like double as hard. Um, and then surrounding me, I would tell people like, yo, I got a yellow letter. They'd freak out. They'd be like, what? No, it's really bad. And I, then I would start to understand, oh, this is serious. Okay. Right. Thanks. Or I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, so you're, you also live in this flat and your job's not that good compared to mine. So how are you paying your health insurance? And then they have their own little game sorted out because they're a native and they know the system or their parents know the system or I don't know. They, for example, like, uh, someone I lived with, um, she had a great job. They were also expats? No, no, German. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, what have you done today? And they're like, oh, I just went to the uni. I was like, hey, but you're not a student. And she's like, no, I was just, yeah, I, I just registered as a student. I was like, why then? And it, it was to get student rate uh, health insurance or student um, benefits or what, something. Because like to be a student here is free. So you can literally enroll in some nothing course. Right, yeah, you can register like, yeah. I, I am a student yeah. like with tax and law and yeah, yeah. that's and pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's smart. <laughs> yeah. Nobody told me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So, and that, like, that's another challenge. So 
in your own country, it's hard to start a business or to be a freelancer. In another country, it's double as hard. And then, yeah, and also with the, as a musician as well, you're literally sitting at home writing songs about your feelings and trying to share it with the world. So you've already got a bit of an existential crisis going on. <laughs> like, what am I doing with my life? And on top of that, I'm in a different country where I don't know any of these games that right. you, these people know them. So you've got to catch up like on a cultural knowledge of how to break the system. Cause yeah. See for me, that's the interesting part is like when, when you're in your, your homeland, all, all these other things come natural or they're things that you don't think about. So, so uh, how you create your art, whatever it may be, is the thing that you can focus on because the other stuff is like, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. But it's, it's the natural part. Mm. Right. So here, now that you have it uh, like right in front of your face, different language, big yellow paper like you're not dealing with this uh kind of blocks that in a way i mean of course we talked about all the protection and the great benefits and stuff but it's it's a bit of a block right it's a bit of a of a yeah but you, you got to know how to um get these benefits that right uh, and like you you said you're part of a artist support thing or this there's a really good one this initiative uh, initiative yeah it's like initiative music. initiative music yeah so, yeah they they're great like you if you know how to do it right you can apply to them and if they want to support you they will help with costs or whatever have, have you applied with them no, before no for no cuz i one i don't know how you do it <laughs> <laughs> two i i um from what I know, you should really do it when you've got a um, like a big project that you want um, yeah, focused. I think they support um, they support a lot of different a lot of different um, categories, like short tours or promotions, or mm. like um, like if you have a big release. I think as long as whatever you're doing benefits the creative world of Germany. Does, oh, that, does okay, that make yeah. sense? Yeah, you know, of like course. Yeah, if you're doing something that benefits at least Bavaria, I don't know if it's uh, countrywide. I think uh, different states in Germany mm -hmm. have different versions of this. I think Bavaria has initiative, and it's the if you're benefiting or showcasing, representing Germany from yeah. this region, then you can apply. Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't Which it? is cool. Yeah, we uh, my other band is Matthew Matilda. Um, we released a record in 2017, EP, and then um, it got picked up, whatever, by local stuff. And then we, um, I don't know, we applied for this Bayon Bavarian. Bayon, yeah. I, I did that for a year, yeah. I, uh, um, yeah, and they put, they they do some great stuff. And one of the great things they did was put us on this Raperbahn festival. Yeah. Which is like showcase festival, a bit like your Great Escape one in Brighton. Or, and actually, we had the same one. Uh, you played twenty eighteen Ripperbond, right? Ah, uh, did you play Ripperbond too? We did the same Bayon showcase in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. We were there with uh, with with Xavier Darcy and I think um, Disauna or Nisala. Disauna were there when we played. So okay, so it wasn't them. Then Nisala. it was. Um, oh, it was adolescence. Adolescence. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it was the same. Was it at the... Um, Soma Salon. That's exactly the same um, one. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I love Hamburg and I love Reeperbahn and all that. It's crazy. Um, but what's crazier is uh, it was promoted as Bavarian Music Export. 
Yeah, that's it. That, yeah, <laughs> that is so weird. Like I'm totally, to- we are a Bavarian band somehow, but that's hard to get into my brain. That, yeah. And I, when you were in Brighton, Great Escape as well, it's also it was, re- it was representing Germany. Yeah, yeah. it was like this uh, uh, Zeitgeist uh, showcase. It's a, so bit, it's a bit strange. It was, it was rep- yeah. We were the only non-German band. No, that's not true. Was your bass player German? Yeah. Well, well, we we took a different one because the the one that we usually play with, of course, is English. But um, he was already on tour with this other band, so we we took someone else. He was also German, so we had two two okay. Germans and me. But still, Jordan the Prince. project is not German. Yeah, that that's a strange one. But then again, it, like you said, if it's benefiting German culture, then they're happy to support you. They don't care. If you live here, they don't care. Right. Yeah. As long as you're go yeah, if you go somewhere else and you you're representing okay, we live in Germany. This is how the German music scene is playing out. I can't imagine. I might be wrong. But a Manchester like artist development thing. And then some German guys. Do you know of anything like that in the UK? I know, um, nothing off the top of my head. I know some showcase festivals, especially in Manchester, there's one called In The City, which okay. was, that was like the goal to get a good slot in the city, close to the hotel where the A&R guys are staying. Yeah, like, yeah, right. It's all the, the mingling, yeah. mingling stuff. But uh, the artists that play that festival, are they... Are they submitted there by a manager or like a label or can the artist submit to play themselves? Because I think that's the big difference. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. I really don't know. But because it, like, for example, we, we both played this, uh, Ripabon festival because Bayon suggested us to play it. And, uh, the same was for the great escape. Hmm. So I wonder if it's, um, the in the same. city you mean? In Manchester. I wonder if it's like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I've, uh, yeah, I don't know. But what's interesting about Manchester now is when we were teenagers playing, um, the promoters were like our enemies. They used to rob our ticket money and like not, it was all like somehow paid to play and these dodgy guys that, that had a promotion company. You had to you had to call them to help you get a gig at the venue. They just ripped you off and you got paid nothing. Or you, if you didn't sell enough tickets, you had to pay them. Oh, I hate that. Man, I hate those setups. That's crazy. That, that, that's absolutely, that's uh, and, thievery. Yeah. And these guys have, they had, they ruled these certain venues like in Manchester. But anyway, now we hated them. It was like, really, it, we were so, yeah, fuck these guys or whatever. But now, because we all got a bit older, now my friends that were in the bands that didn't make it or whatever, but they're still in the music scene, they've become those guys. So they're the new promoters. <laughs> now they're ripping off new, like the teenagers, you know. Now they're not ripping them off, but now, yeah, so there's a lot of, um, yeah, I'm pretty, I have a lot of connections in Manchester, but I just, they all have no idea where I am. They're like, or if they even think about me, they're, they're like, hold on, didn't you move to fucking... Berlin or something like that. So your your old musical connections back home don't know anything about what you're doing here. Yeah, I mean, or, some or of just them do. just what they see on social media. I exactly. Guess. Yeah, mm. but it, but it's it's a bit of a strange concept. Like, well, what are you doing over there? 
I, they, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. <laughs> Did you tell anybody that you were moving? <laughs> <you were> moving? <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> no, nah, yeah. About that now? <laughs> but it's the same thing about not knowing the system in Germany. You grow up with these guys and you know this guy and this guy and then you can, your network is there and then come into a new place. You've got to start a whole new thing. Yeah, pros and cons maybe. Yeah, I guess there's, yeah. There's a lot of them though, but I think, I think for, for, at least for being a musician, Germany has these really funny games, like you said. And if you play them right, then you get these amazing benefits that they definitely don't offer as far as I know in the States and mm. maybe as far as you know in the UK. Um, but once you do play them right, it's a benefit that uh, should definitely not be, um, what's it called, like, it shouldn't be taken for granted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You become, yeah, you get, you become a wunderkind. Yeah. It's just start pushing you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. One, one thing I, to change topic for a second, mm-hmm. one thing I uh, think about is because I went from the age of 22 to 27 or whatever, while I've been here, the, through these important years somehow you you i don't know now if the people i meet in this age group as well i don't know how to word this have you ever met some absolute nutcases here uh that's a no because you'd have a story ready wait well i'm just curious what you mean like nutcases specifically german or yeah (laughs) I don't know how to start what I'm Because I mean, there's crazy people everywhere, for yeah, sure. that's what I mean. But like when you're in school and you're 18, everyone's got a dream and everyone's going to do that dream and she's going to be a famous actress and she's going to, whatever, be a director and he's going to play for Man United. But then it all doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And then you're just meeting everyone in the pub and they're just like, oh, yeah, Man United are dicks. They didn't take me. Oh man, like these people who still who still resent that the dream didn't work out. Somehow, yeah. Anyway, oh, that's that's yeah, that's right. I so I was in Germany for most of that time, and I've just met a load of people whose dreams didn't work. So I, I've just <laughs> oh shit. And, I, and then I'm like confused. It's like are these is this a German people like weird or all these 25 year old Germans that are panicking now because they got to get a job in in an office? Are they? Um, I don't know. It, I you have to start this again. I'm not not explaining myself. <laughs> well, like, what do you mean? So you, you you go to a bar and you, and you meet the people who whose dreams didn't work out. And are they uh, are they delusional, resentful? Are they are they self aware? Or the characters that you're talking Yo, about? I I really think we should start this topic again because I, I I've not explained it well. But what I mean is, I've experienced. It's hard to separate your life from, uh, no, like your experience of life. Like, is it different because you're in Germany or is it, would it be like this in England as well? Oh, that's a great question. You know what I mean? That's a great so question. So like, am I, are they, everyone I meet, are they just assholes? Are, are they weird? Or is like, no, you're meeting, you're hanging out in bars a lot. You're hanging, you're meeting 26 year old people who's, who've just given up on their dream or you're meeting like a different kind of people that are like, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, losing the plot. 
I I think my life uh, is drastically different from how it would have been if I had never moved. I think about that all the time. I know, me too. That's why it's hard. It's a hard topic for me to try and get off the ground because I don't know. It's a big one. It's a really big one. Like, what if? It's like a what if. Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah, what if is like the most fun, but also what what if is like either the most rewarding or most um, like demoralizing question you could ever ask yourself, you know, because you can see the what ifs of things that you were a part of that failed and you're like, fucking hell yeah i got out of that you know <laughs> yeah hands clean and and then sometimes you see what if about things that either seem the same that you liked how they were and they stayed the same or you liked them and they got better you know like if it's an artistic project or if it was an extra relationship or if it was like an association you had mm. with something that was back home um there, there's um bands i was a part of that some went down and some went up and the what if question applies to both you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like um, relationships, friendships, would I have the same kind of, I definitely know that I would not have the same outlook on life had I not moved abroad. Hmm. Absolutely not. I think that's like the most important thing. That's why we both talked about, you think everyone from the UK should travel once. Yeah, I yeah. think everyone from the state should, because you do gain, Something. For, for better or worse, a perspective that you didn't have before. And I think honestly, humans just need to have different perspectives on certain things. Like I have a bigger world picture now. I never had a very big picture of the world growing up. Mm. Growing up in the States, especially in the South, very small image of the world, very small image of my whole life. I only really paid attention to the people around me, the town as a as a uh, uh, an entity, you know what mm. I mean? And then going to New Orleans, it was a bigger image. It was a bigger perspective, but still a bubble. You know, you only thought about musicians and dreams and goals and stuff and like people talking about oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna start this i'm gonna start this new orleans has this beautiful crazy energy of like what's about to come you know so it holds you down and that was the bubble i was used to then moving abroad then you have this uh, I, i need to think of a nice term for it but just this kind of all encompassing silence everything that you had back home is cut off it's 10,000 miles away and you have to find a new perspective in order to gain some sort of sanity about who you are. There's an entire different world that you never saw, never were, never were, um, you were never, um, forced to expose yourself to it. You had an idea, you know what I mean? But like now that I've lived abroad for four years, whenever I listen to, podcasts or watch movies or tv shows and stuff from back home that i was really into four years ago when i watch them now some things about the humor or the perspective change because i see it differently now crazy especially from people that have absolutely never left the states no matter what Hmm. because their idea of people from different countries is so stereotypical and it drives me nuts it's it drives crazy. me nuts that when they just hear, the, for example, like because we're here in Germany, hearing the word German, it's especially just bad American humor to go instinctively to a Nazi joke. Yeah. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like yeah. you don't have any education at all or perspective or ideas about the modern Western world and how different anybody can be anywhere. Mm. I mean, give me a break. You it's know, it cra- drives me nuts. It's crazy. I see it when my friends come to visit me. 
and they start with this shit. I'm just like, listen, you can't. That doesn't fly. You're not saying that anymore. This is ridiculous. People yeah. think you're stupid if you talk about that. People think you're fucking stupid if you talk like yeah, that. And, yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm only joking. But, and they are joking, but it's just an old joke. But it's, yeah, Get but it's, over. yeah, but it's, it's rooted in something really ignorant. Yeah, and then then I see I also overhear um, other English do, like guys or whatever groups on the train or uh, that I don't know, and I hear it again, and I'm like, "Well, you clearly have never been here before." Like, yeah, because yeah, oh, it's a bad one. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, okay, let's 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 uh, let's wrap it up. Um, uh, first, I want to say thank you for. Being the first guest here, I'm very honored. And I think it was a really great uh, explorative conversation about a lot of things that it's exactly what I wanted to cover. Um, and yeah, so um, with with all the luck in the world, someone will hear this. So if you want to just mention um, new releases, new concerts, where, they, where people can find you, uh, just let us know. Yeah, nice. Uh, thanks also for having me. It's, My it's pleasure. Cool. I think we broke some ice. Yeah. That. Yeah. The, but yeah, let's see how it grows. Um, I have a session that I released today, actually. I don't know when this will go live, but I, I released a live session today. Yeah. Today is May 17th. So you released a new session today on May 17th? Yeah. Be, uh, you can find it on my Instagram at Matthew Austin. And then, yeah, I go on tour in the summer. And then I release. Yeah, you have quite a quite a big uh, support tour with uh, with Amy, right? That's Amy. right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I play every, basically every date with her, which is amazing because I didn't book any gigs this year or this summer, so I, I just jump onto her tour, piggyback. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, and then I steadily release singles from my record um, throughout summer, and then I think the record at the end of summer or maybe it's winter. Okay, and this is just the just Matthew Austin, or uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I just focusing on Matthew Austin at the moment. All right, okay, everybody. So at Matthew Austin, he's going to be on a big support tour with Ami Varning. Check it out, and thank you so much. Thank you. Artsy Farty Immigrants, a podcast from Jordan Prince, produced by Moritz Batscheider for M 945